Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia-tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards, and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's the story of a robot bounty hunter named Metroid, whose only goal in life is to satisfy his urge to find secret passageways by shooting every single wall on the planet Zebes. <laughs> really? You yeah, have to go for that's... all the tropes? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's about Metroid. He's a robot. <laughs> oh man. So we played we played Super Metroid. We did. We it, did. Yeah, it's uh it's a lot of people like this game. I understand why now. This is actually my very first time ever playing a Metroid game. And well, I mean like do you count Super Smash Bros? Super Smash Bros has that's Metroid not, characters. That's not a Metroid game. No, and I, I, I do know that Samus is not a robot and that she is not a he. Um, and I think that I've known those things for a long time because of Super Smash Bros. But this was my first time actually playing a real Metroid game. You literally learned that from Super Smash Bros.? Yeah, like reading the, like, I don't know, like there's like little info screens <laughs> on the N64 one. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Back in the day, on my like Nintendo DS or DSi or whatever, I had Metroid Prime Hunters, but I only ever played multiplayer. It was like a really, really poor man's version of Halo. So I, I have oh played a Metroid my. game, but never like, not a real one. You're like crushing my soul right now. How have you lived your entire life as a gamer and managed to avoid ever experiencing like true Metroid? Dude, we didn't get these spooky games when I was a kid. We played like Mario and stuff like that. You know, we didn't we didn't do the aliens and robots and all that. You never went to the Target kiosk? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't ever remember like a Super Nintendo. I like I remember my first time. Like I remember like a kiosk with like playing games and stuff would have been N sixty four. You don't remember the Virtual Boy stand at Target? I don't remember that. I do remember the Virtual Boy stand <laughs> at Blockbuster, and I remember Ooh. looking through that thing for about five seconds and being like, what is this garbage? <laughs> garbage? The uh, Virtual Boy. Yeah. Does yours even work? Does yours even like turn on? Uh, Sort of. It half works. <laughs> <laughs> so it's brand new off the factory floor is what you're saying. <laughs> sort of half works. Uh. <laughs> No, actually, the uh, the adhesive that they used in some of the electronics, like every Virtual Boy is guaranteed to fail in the future. They, they have to be like properly soldered by like a third party to like actually continue on to the future without breaking. It sounds like the least Nintendo thing ever. Yeah, well. Anyways, so we played Super Metroid. <laughs> we did. And you know what? I think I've made up for all of that time in my childhood not playing this because I put uh like nine hours, like probably about 10 hours into this game. I put nine hours and 40 minutes into my save file and then we probably put another half hour into yours today. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe more than that. I don't know. So yeah, I, I got a good put... 10 hours, a good 10 hours of Metroid under my belt now. Yeah, I put about eight hours into this playthrough of Metroid, but it's not the first time I've played Super Metroid, but I've been a fan of this game for a long time. But yeah, I think, 
I think it's uh, maybe we should say that this is by far the longest game we've ever played for the podcast. Yeah, this whole uh, coronavirus has really thrown um, <laughs> thrown a wrench into our normal process. And so it's kind of allowed us to think about uh, expanding horizons a bit. So it was like, well, this game was on the Switch online service yet again, because that's what we've been playing all our games on. And uh, it's a game that a lot of people like. It's a game that I haven't played in a long time. It just, I don't know. It was, it was, it felt like a good idea. It felt like a good idea and it was a good idea. And I'll say thank you to those of you. There were many of you who have been asking us, when are you guys going to play single player games? When are you guys going to play longer games? And so here you go. A long ish single player. Yeah. Game. A long and, single uh, player game, which will be followed by a longer single player game, which will be followed by a really long single player game. and then uh four episodes out we're just gonna play world of warcraft and uh we'll check back in (laughs) we'll check back in with you guys in about a decade when we beat it we decided skyrim is a retro game so we're just gonna play (laughs) all the way through skyrim all 100 hours then maybe we'll do the witcher uh i don't know what that is (laughs) that's a netflix show right we're gonna Uh, watch netflix now yep Yep. I, right. I I vaguely know that it's a video game. Okay, so All right, what is Metroid, multiple, Jordan? Yeah, what is Metroid? Metroid is I you know what? I didn't even know what Metroid was. I kind of thought Metroid was like Mega Man before this. Are you kidding like, me? I just assumed I don't know. I thought you just jumped around and shot stuff, but it Come is not on. that. It is it has a lot more in common with like Zelda. Not like I don't know. It's wow, just like Oh man. A just big keep digging adventure that hole. game. A big adventure game with lots of um, puzzles to figure out and and secrets to find and areas to explore and it's a non-linear game you can go through it and when there's like some aspects that you have to get certain items to access certain areas but you can kind of tackle this thing from a bunch of different ways mm-hmm. you can go wherever there's not like this is level one this is level two now you're in world two level one like it's not like that at all it's just like one gigantic connected world outside yeah. of like the intro of the game but yeah uh very different from what I expected. So I don't know if anyone else is out there who's never played Metroid and had no clue that it is not Mega Man, despite the fact that they both feature male robot protagonists. <laughs> it's just so weird to me that you never, re- like, you didn't know what Metroid was because of the Metroidvania genre. Like, I would think that you would have put those two together, but... I've um... never played a Castlevania game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not even all Castlevania games. I mean, it, that specifically, the Vania and Metroidvania is from Symphony of the Night. Interesting. And that Symphony of the Night and Super Metroid spawned this entire genre that are similar to these games where you have to find upgrades to progress and solve puzzles and all the the whole thing. Um, you would, but, you know, you'd think like 40 plus episodes into being part of a, a video game podcast, I'd understand like the basic genres. You understand a lot more than you used to. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a low bar. (laughs) Uh, All right, my friend. Do you want to get into what this game does well? 
Yeah, and I think that a good place to start is where the game itself starts because one of the coolest things about this game is something that blew me away the first time that I saw it, and then when we finished the game, we went back and watched it, and it's that intro sequence. Like, the game's intro sequence is really cool, but then you start your your actual game file, and you get this, like, recap that takes you through. It catches you up on all the lore, um, and you, you go into this, like, abandoned space station, and there's this mini boss fight, and then you have an escape sequence, and it's just, like, boom, boom, boom. It's, like, really high action, fast-paced, uh, lots coming at you, and... Uh, it, everything about it was awesome, except for there's this part of the escape sequence where you're doing this like platforming section, <laughs> and it will come as no surprise to anybody that I died in the intro sequence. Are due you serious? To platforming incompetence. So wow. yeah, I died. It took me two times. But you know what? It just it allowed me to um, get to experience that awesome intro sequence a second time, so I don't regret oh. it. Wow. Um. Yeah, actually, I also have the intro sequence, but I actually have not only that whole like opening area where you, you know, fight Ridley for a second, then you have to escape, but the entire beginning of the game, up until you get like the missiles and stuff like that, it's like the whole beginning of this game is awesome. You have this cool escape sequence after you fight Ridley, and then you end up on this like cryptic, ominous planet. And you're kind of like, you don't really know what's going on. It doesn't really like tell you. It just kind of guides you to find the morph ball. And it's like the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of the game is just very quiet and ominous. And then you get the missiles and then you walk out a door and all of a sudden there's a bunch of enemies and you're fighting. And it's just like, it's a really cool way to open the game up. I really like that a lot. Yeah, I I sort of agree, sort of disagree. Like, I feel like that intro sequence was awesome. And then you land on the planet, and it's a cool cutscene. You guys know I love the cutscenes, which is probably why I like that intro sequence so much, because you get this really long sequence of it, like, showing you actual cutscenes of you playing the original games, which I never played. Like, this is Metroid 3, and so I appreciated that. So you get all that stuff, and then you land on the planet with this cool spaceship cutscene. And then I felt, like, super lost and had no idea what was going on. So I actually, like, really enjoyed the game more later on as I got all of the weapons and felt more powerful and actually knew what I was doing. But that first, like, half hour on, what is it? Are we calling it Zebus or Zebes? Like, what is the name of this planet? <laughs> it's Zebus. I watched uh, a whole YouTube video literally on this topic where the guy did a bunch of research to figure out how this planet is pronounced. So this is totally like an Ocarina, Ocarina kind of thing. Uh, no, it's definitely Ocarina. Um, yeah, so Ocarina. Def- so if you definitively. say... Jordan, how many times do we have to have this conversation? You literally figured this out on my couch. It, I'm <laughs> just saying, if you say Ocarina and you say Zebus, then I'm definitely saying Ocarina and Zebes. So uh, anyway, you're on this planet and... Well, in, I, <laughs> in the, the original Metroid manual, they... Uh, there's a typo that calls the planet Zebeth with a T-H. <laughs> T-H? Yeah. So you could call it Zebeth if you want. <laughs> oh, man. This is just layers upon layers of intrigue and mystery. But anyways, yeah. In the, the opening cutscene or something from Metroid Other M, they say the name Zebus. So that's what it is. Anyways, moving yeah, on. Yeah, but maybe that maybe that narrator just like had a different galactic dialect, and they oh, say different... the narrator, aka Samus. <laughs> well, what does he know? <sighs> Anyways. Anyway, so yeah, I kind of had a different feeling about the the 
that second little part of the game after the intro. But I mean, you do you. That, you can have what you like about the game. We don't have to agree. <laughs> well, if you think about it, it's like it does a really good job of like setting the stage because apparently Zebus is the uh, space pirates like homeworld, which the space pirates are like the bad guy faction. <laughs> yeah, Metroid. you get one. <laughs> you get one line about space pirates, and I'm waiting the whole time to see a space pirate, and then we finally see Mother Brain, and she's like, uh dinosaur rock thing with like a just like a brain and it shoots rainbow uh the <laughs> the bridge from thor at like i don't even know what was going on it, that's that where was you're, not what i was expecting with a space pirate jordan that's where you're wrong ridley is a space pirate mother brain is a space pirate all of the ridley boss, is a dragon all of the bosses or, are space pirates <laughs> okay that's a a very loose definition of space pirate. That is not what I'm uh, expecting. A, like a, a pterodactyl and a <laughs> dinosaur brain thing and a really fat uh, lizard. Uh, I went down the Wikipedia rabbit hole and found all this out because when I started doing research, I immediately <laughs> was distracted by the fact that it called Ridley a space pirate. I was like, what? Yeah. That is distracting. Like, what, what is this? A space pirate? That sounds terrible. And so I fell down. He needs like a he needs a little cutlass and an eye patch, and then I could buy it. Uh I fell down the rabbit hole of the lore of just the the whole like Metroid franchise, and it's all pretty weird. But I mean, Nintendo doesn't all you know, you think about like they're big franchises. You have Mario. Don't even try to make sense of the story of Mario. And you got <laughs> Zelda. Like, there's people out there that spend, and I feel so bad for these people, there's people out there that spend, like, years of their life trying to put together timelines of, like, how all of the Zelda games connect, and then the developers come out and they're like, just stop, it doesn't connect, stop trying to make it connect. <laughs> well, isn't is it Zelda just the same story, like, retold, like, a different way every time? Isn't it kind of sure. like a legend that's, like, passed on from person to person is sort of the the idea behind all the games being the same, but different? Sure. I, if you say so, I don't know. I feel like I watched a video on that a long time ago. But no, oh, man. If the if uh, if I had a dollar for every video essay about the timeline of Zelda, I would be a very rich man. <laughs> would you? Oh, dude, there's like whole Terra flops of YouTube that are <laughs> dedicated to that subject. Terra flops. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a real word. I'm pretty sure that's a uh, what Xbox keeps talking about with their with their consoles is teraflops. <laughs> I knew I heard that word somewhere. Anyway, let's move back to you talking about what terabytes. Is Super Metroid <laughs> terabytes. I think a, a teraflop is <laughs> significant. What's bigger than a terabyte? It's a petabyte is bigger than a terabyte. That's what I was trying to think, but I I I don't always work the best on the spot. <laughs> oh man, what else you got? What I got, okay, and this kind of comes out of what we were talking about before, and I think the game does a really, really good job of making you feel more powerful as you progress throughout the game. You're getting Mm. more upgrades, you're getting more missiles, more bombs, more super missiles, you get the x-ray scope, you get the the spin jump, you get another spin jump, you get to jump super high, like all of these things, and you just feel like super crazy strong by the end of it. Like it's hilarious that you can get all of these energy bars and I don't know, like tw- you can get like 20 extra energy tanks. It's like insane. 
you just feel like totally powerful by the end of this game, and I loved that. Yeah, I um I have the upgrades written down. Uh, the game like it just every upgrade that you get pretty much makes the game a lot more fun to play. Um, and then well, I think. I think part of that is because you hit those roadblocks, you're like, I can't get to the section. And then once you get that upgrade, it's like, oh, dang, there's all this new area of the map. And not just in one spot. It's not like you just open up a new level, but it's like you can go back through everywhere you've been and do new things mm-hmm. that you couldn't do before. Yeah, I, I was going to also like on that point say like the progression in, in this game feels really good. Like the upgrades feel pretty good the way that they're spaced yep. out. And the way that the game guides you, it lets you do whatever you want, but at the same time, you're encountering enough of these roadblocks that you can't get through to uh, feel really good when you finally can get through them. Um, So it's like every upgrade, this game becomes more and more and more fun. Yeah, I totally agree. Kind of along those lines, another thing that goes with that is that the game is really generous with health and missiles and power-ups. Like Pretty much every enemy gives you something that you need. And it doesn't ever give you more than you can carry. So you're only ever getting stuff that you need and are are lacking. Mm -hmm. And so it's really easy. Like you never feel like you're getting stuck in an area without the tools or the health that you need to Mm -hmm. complete the next part. And as somebody who is not the the best gamer, I really appreciated that. It didn't ever make me feel like I was going to be stranded somewhere. Yeah, that's actually a point that I have written down is it lets you grind out your renewable resources um and and strategically place spots you have like bugs or whatever that come out of the ground and you can just farm them forever until you get all your health or your missiles back and if you're full on health they'll only drop missiles and if you're you know full on missiles they'll only drop health and um it's obviously intentional and i I think it's a really nice touch for this game um because it doesn't you never feel like you're gonna run out of whatever you need for the most part wherever you are in the game yep Another thing that I really loved about this game was, and it kind of surprised me, um, were like the art and music. Like the atmospheric stuff in this game is so good. Mm, mm-hmm. And I feel like it's on par with a lot of like the indie games who are using this 16 bit style today that are like obviously borrowing heavily from this era of gaming. And this game like still looks so good, can even like put up against some of the the modern games who have had a lot, you know decades longer to perfect this art style yeah i have the world and atmosphere overall as well um the soundtrack i like the soundtrack i don't love the soundtrack i feel like there's certain songs on it that i'm like yes and then there's other ones where i'm like i could i'm done hearing this song um but the atmosphere of this game like i just i love this whole like planet each section of it i feel like normally you're the one who's like pointing out these details in the world and like the the attention to like the ironic stuff but i feel like that's one of the things that really like drew me into this game is like what is this world like why are there these rooms like trying to make sense of like the map rooms and the save rooms and it like it feels like a living world or a dead world um, well, it's where all the space pirates are hanging out between their yeah, space raids. Well, <laughs> it is the space pirate homeworld, and that's why everything's trying to kill you. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought that the the whole atmosphere and environment in this game was just fantastic, and it makes me like it a lot more. I think. Yeah, I I just man, I was really pulled into it and drawn into it, and like you're right, this doesn't have like those insanely. Um, 
tight and catchy chip tunes like that you get in some in some Konami games, but everything like the music where it didn't have like super strong melodies all the time, it was very atmospheric and it, it fit the different sections. And I just like it always made me feel like, oh, we're in a completely different section. And you don't always know since the game is kind of like nonlinear, like you can end up in a different section of the planet without even realizing it. But then you have these subtle um, artwork changes and you have these subtle music changes. And there's always these like intermediate stages between areas that you're moving from one to the other and they transition uh, the music and the, the artwork. And I just thought, man, this is this is good. This is like so much better than a lot of the games we play. They put so much care into that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which kind of what you just said uh, leads into my next point, which is the attention to detail in this game. Yeah. There's so, so much attention to detail that I appreciated so much. Like in the beginning of the game, specifically when you're kind of wandering around, you'll see these like tiny bugs scurrying on the wall as you approach. Yeah. Um, and then like another thing that I noticed, which is kind of a stupid like little thing, but like in the map rooms on the like the little computer thing that uploads into your arm, like there's like a, a little animated like a waveform grid looking thing um, yeah. that moves. And I, I noticed it just because it's like they really they bothered to animate that thing. Like it's just the the little things in this game that that show that they really cared about it. Um, that make, it's like, it's not stuff that you notice unless you're like looking for it, but it makes a game like this so much more, uh, alive and, and good in my opinion. (laughs) I love it. All right. I have one (laughs) last thing, but it's kind of like a, a wrapping up the section thing. So do you have anything else? I do. I do. I have a couple more things. Okay. So Keep, keep going. Another like attention to detail thing, kind of, but not really. Uh, the, the cryptic boss statue that tells you how many of the main four bosses that you've beaten. I have yeah. that as something that the game does well. Cause on the, on the one hand you go into this room and you just, the first time you encounter it, it's like, why are, what is the, What are these monsters doing? Their eyes are like glowing and stuff like that. And you can't do anything. Not going to lie. It. Not going to lie. I definitely Googled. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is this? Of course you did. Yeah. But as you revisit that room as you as you kill the, like the main bosses in the game, like they kind of gray out and then eventually after you kill all four, it goes down and that's how you go fight Mother Brain. Um but it's it was just I don't I guess it's attention to detail, but it's just another like cool thing that I'm like this is awesome. I like this. Yep. I like this a lot. Um and the last point that I have about the game uh what it does well is it makes you feel smart when you discover stuff, like even though you're supposed to find it, like, and not, you're not supposed to find everything. Like there's a bunch of hidden missile upgrades and stuff like that, that you don't necessarily have to find. But like this game does a really, really good job of making the player feel super smart. Cause like when you figure it out, you're like, yeah, like I figured that out. Like <laughs> I see your puzzles. It's, it's really interesting because like you called this game like a, adventure puzzle game or I don't know you called something about puzzles and I was like oh my gosh like I've been playing this game for hours at this point and I'm like it's not like Zelda or some other puzzle games where you like you realize you're doing a puzzle but in this game like you the entire game is full of puzzles and you just you have to complete them to move anywhere and so you don't even like realize that even just going from room to room in this game is a puzzle yeah yeah there's a lot like I don't know 
That's one of the, I think the things that makes this game so satisfying is it doesn't just give it to you. Like you really have to sit there and think about it and wander around after a while. I mean, the first half of the game, you kind of know exactly what you're supposed to do, but at a certain point, you really have to think about what you're supposed to do next and really kind of remember where you've been and and think about what you've seen and what, what you could and couldn't access before. Um, but there is like, it brings a huge sense of satisfaction with it when you finally get to the next major part of the game. Yeah. All right. My last thing in this section, and you know, we've talked about it a little bit, you guys know, I love the cutscenes, and they're, they're few and far between in 8-bit and 16-bit games. And this game has some great ones. That intro sequence is awesome. Um, the, the very end, uh, when like Samus gives you the thumbs up, that's cool. But I loved the, the escape sequence at the Mm -hmm. end of the game. You, you defeat mother brain and like part of that battle is like a cutscene, and the, the Metroid thing comes in and it like kills or like sucks mother brain's brain out. And then it comes and gives you like all your health back and it like triggers this long escape sequence. And it was just like, dang, like this is, this is a super Nintendo game. And I was just like, I don't know. You were like, do you want to play this part? Do you want to play the end of the game? And I was like, no, dude, I just want to watch this. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You feel like that's a transitional point? Like what? What do you mean? You said. No, 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 no. I just mean like I was, I, I was commenting on, on the end of the game, the, the final sequence with that. Uh, like this is not a uh, classic like this is. Some of it is good and some oh, of it is bad. I just mean gotcha, like this is gotcha, the gotcha. end of the game. Okay, yes. the very end of the game. All right, you get all these cutscenes. I thought yeah. you were saying like <laughs> this was your bittersweet, like good and bad. No, yeah, the end of the game is awesome. I love the end of the game. Um, yeah, like you, you get destroyed by this like rainbow ray, and then there's like this cool cutscene of the the baby Metroid that you saved, like giving you all your health back and giving you like a hyper beam, and like you've got rainbow you become- power. <laughs> yeah, you become Bifrost Samus. Like you just start shooting out rainbow beams, and it's crazy. I, I don't. You're flashing like uh, Mario with the star power. Yeah, I don't know. It was. Yeah, and then you're like destroying Mother Brain. Like your laser yeah. keeps knocking her back. She like can't really hurt you anymore, and you just like. I don't know. It's it's cool. It's the climax of that thing I was talking about earlier, where the whole game is making you feel stronger and stronger and stronger, and then right before this battle you get sucked all the way down to one health bar and you're flashing and like that's like it's part of a cutscene like you're gonna die and then even to like get into mother brain you have to take a whole bunch of damage just like uh to get into this fight and you've survived it and they took you like all the way to your lowest and then here they're gonna power you up to be as powerful as you could ever be for the the final scene of the game and it's like the perfect climax to that that theme that you've been seeing the whole game of you just getting stronger and stronger Mm, yeah, I really, I really found the ending to be like super satisfying today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, for multiple reasons, but I think we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else? No, that that's it. I think we're ready to transition to the the harder part of this. All right, what do you got? So this is tough because like. It is a good game, and I don't want to say bad things about it, but there are definitely weak spots that if this game was made today maybe wouldn't be the exact same. There'd be some some places that could definitely improve it. And for me, one of the worst parts about this game uh, is one of those things that like you were saying that you liked about it where the game makes you feel smart. And I like, I don't know if I agree with that because the map in this game is so bad and like finding your way around it is so bad 
that like there are all sorts of points in this game where the only way to progress is just like, especially early on before you have the x-ray beam, the only way that you can get somewhere is by just going around and trying to blow up or shoot random walls or floors. And I just don't know if that is great. <laughs> so you just touched on like three of my <laughs> three of my points at like the same time in what this yeah, game doesn't know. do I'm, well. They um, just kind of all go together and it's just, I yeah, know, just, I have, I have one point that says getting lost sucks. Um, (laughs) Cause like this game, while it it makes you feel smart when you figure out what you're supposed to do, like if you play this game in like three or four play sessions, you're not going to remember exactly where you were and where you need to go and everything you saw. And then piggybacking on that point is the map system, which at the time was cool, but like by today's standards, the map system leaves something to be desired. And I think they actually address this in the future uh, 2D Metroid games where I even think like Zero Mission or um, maybe Fusion gave you like a little waypoint of what you're supposed to do next and they kind of held your hand a little bit more. Um, But the map in this game, like the map is mediocre. Like it shows you if there's like a hidden item in a room or something significant with a little dot, but it doesn't do anything after you collect the item or it doesn't tell you like what the item is. Um, And so if you like wanted 100% this game, it would be really hard because the map doesn't do you any favors. It doesn't tell you where to go. It doesn't do any of that stuff. Um, It's not even just that, but it it actually is misleading because there's these map rooms that you you unlock and it gives you what you think is the entire map, like for the whole section. But even though you've downloaded the map, there's still giant sections missing that you have to go and find yourself. And you may mm, be like me, like there was times when I wandered around for an hour thinking like I've been everywhere, not realizing that there's actually a section of the map that I don't have because I didn't shoot this random ceiling. Right, right, right. Um Another point that I have is there's no fast travel with the map system. Like the map system is archaic and it's like that I think would help if you could go from one corner of the map to another while you're trying to search. But it's like this one, you just have to walk around until you hopefully find what you're looking for. Yeah. You know, there there are things that I love about the nonlinear aspect of this game, but there that definitely causes some problems when you don't know where you're supposed to be. Like there isn't anything saying like, oh, I need to actually be in this section. Like you basically have to backtrack. And once you have the x-ray beam thing and you can like look at every wall, but even that's not like the most intuitive thing to yeah. use. You can't run and have that equipped. So you can't move quickly with the x-ray beam. And, uh, you know, this is a game that I know that if I played this when I was a kid, I wouldn't have enjoyed it or loved it because, like, this is the kind of game I would have gotten really frustrated with and quit. Like, I would have done good up to a point, and then I wouldn't have known where to go, and I just would have Mm -hmm. gotten, like, bored. I wouldn't have had YouTube or whatever to look up, like, what am I supposed to do next? Yeah. And, you know, as so as a kid, I would have been frustrated with it. And as an adult, I'm not interested in wandering around and searching endlessly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I want, like, my time is valuable to me because I don't have as much free time. And so like, I want to know, like, I don't want to go and just like shoot random walls and stuff. I want to know like, where do I go next so I can progress? Mm -hmm. And uh, like this game took me 10 hours and it shouldn't be a 10 hour game. (laughs) There's a lot of, there's a lot of depth here, but I could have gotten like it all in about half the time. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like for some people that might not be a con, like just for maybe like the dark souls crowd who like really likes to figure it out. Um, yeah, you might enjoy that sort of cryptic 
you know, lack of handholding, but I find it to be more of a negative. And I think it is more of a negative based on modern game design trends. Cause like games don't do this anymore. Like they've fixed this problem. Like you don't see it anymore. Um, it's there's, there's one sure. Like, yeah, it's cool to like solve super Metroid, but at the same time, is that really where the satisfaction, like the most satisfying thing is in this game is like wandering around and, and finally figuring it out after half an hour. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Um, I saw you posted, uh, it was what, the 26th anniversary of Super Metroid this week or something when we were recording this? Yeah. I saw one comment uh, in response to that where somebody, I don't remember who it was, but he said it took him like 50 hours the first playthrough of Super Metroid. And it's like, yep, sounds about right. Like, yeah. Without the internet, like, and this isn't my first time through this game. I think I've actually only finished this game literally two times back to front. (laughs) <laughs> you know the the funny thing is i had never played a metro game so i didn't really know a lot of what people's responses to that question meant but i asked like what is you know there's this is a series that has all sorts of power-ups and upgrades and um items and stuff and so i asked people what's your favorite like suit or upgrade or whatever and somebody wrote on there the map and i was like i didn't realize that that was a joke <laughs> <laughs> well it's certainly an upgrade over the first game um, yeah, I don't know how the map in Metroid Two is, but like, yeah, I don't think the the first game really had a map. <laughs> so at the time, oh. it probably was incredible. But I would, yeah, that would have been miserable to do this without the map. Like, as for as much as the map was not great, it was so helpful, so so yeah. helpful. Um, this is one that I have uh, a thing that the game does poorly that I don't think you agree with, but it was just so strange to me. Like the default controls are are terrible. Like, why is the shoot button on top? Why is X the shoot button? So thankfully, the game does let you remap all those buttons. So I, I like very quickly remapped them all. But like the default controls, like don't don't play with those. I don't. Those are bad. I don't think that there are good default controls, but I didn't bother to change them. I just got used to them. And like every time, I, I feel like uh, every time I sat back down to play this game, I had to like, oh yeah, this is. Oh, this is that weird game that feels wrong. All right, I'm used yeah. to it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and the other thing too, I have a point like teaching the player that they can run. Like I haven't played this game in years. I forgot that you could run. Um, and sure, <laughs> like if I would have looked at like the control remap or anything like that, like I would have seen all the buttons in this game. But like one of the times I got lost was like I didn't know I could run, and then I accidentally hit the wrong button one time, and I'm running. And then, like later on, when we were playing together, you, I was, I was fighting one of the bosses, and I was frustrated with trying to change my weapons. And you're like, just hit the one button. I was like, what? I didn't realize there was like a a missile like cancel button where you could just instantly switch back to your main weapon. Um, Yeah. So the controls. I mean, granted, Nintendo usually does like a really good job with like tutorial, like teaching the player without like beating them over the head at least they used to do that i don't know i can't speak to modern nintendo but like you know super mario brothers one is like a master class and like teaching the player the mechanics without telling them like what they're doing um but this this game i feel like man and maybe it's my own fault like i should know that you can run but like (laughs) (laughs) it did it hadn't forced me to do it up until that point and i was just like are you kidding me 
you don't need it very often. So I mean, it's 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 rare. That's you don't need it till it you need it. Yeah, <laughs> I moved it to the A button, which is not what I would usually use for running, but I wanted to have my jump and shoot buttons be more accessible. It's like wall jumping. You don't need it till you need it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, thankfully there's like actually like a little tutorial about how to the wall jump. There's these little like goat aliens that like kind of show you that you can wall jump. Yeah, but they don't tell you how to do it. (laughs) You're right. And you know, that actually goes into my next point, which is um, there's no real in-game story or even in-game text outside of the intro. Like you get the intro and then you don't see like text or story or anything again. And uh, it was funny because, you know, today when we got to the end of the game, it had been over nine hours of playtime and like over a week and a half, like since I actually started in like real world time, I've started playing this game and I I couldn't remember like, what is a Metroid? Is it good? Is it bad? Am I trying to save it? Am I trying to kill it? Like it comes in and it's just a brain jellyfish. Yeah, but it came in and it tried to kill me. And then later it came in and saved me. And so like when we went back and rewatched the intro after beating the game, I was like, oh yeah, it told me all this stuff, but it had been a week and a half since I had seen that and it had been nine hours of playtime. There's no story in this game, no text anywhere. Like you, <laughs> it's it's basically one mission. And they even like present it as that, like see you on your next mission. Like in this game starts very shortly after the second one ends it seems like from the from the intro cut scene like so i get that it's supposed to be a small slice of her life and so maybe if you're like deeply invested in this lore you don't need all that but as somebody jumping into this for the first time as i'm sure many people did if they you know if they didn't have an nes if they didn't have an nes or whatever or a game boy and this was their first time playing a metroid game like you don't have a whole lot to go on and so like the lack of story in a game that like does such a good job of visual storytelling and visual world building, like some textual world building would have been nice. I feel like that's such a classic Jordan thing to be upset about. Cause okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we're playing beat em ups and, and you're like, what about the story? <laughs> Dude. Okay. You know what? Somebody, somebody pointed out something really good uh, going back just, very briefly to double dragon here on the box of that game was it get good them (laughs) no on the box of that game like the cover art is them like holding the girl that literally dies in the intro before you even get to touch a button like they they present her as like a main part of the game and then boom she's dead in the intro so like sorry for me wanting these games to like i don't know even invest a millisecond into planning out the story when have you ever known NES box art to be to be indicative of what's inside the game? <laughs> no, that's fair. But you know, you, you think what is it? What was that? Was it, was it Mule? I think I sent you yeah. like year like two months ago. Yeah, it's it's like a you're like in space doing some weird like mini game stuff or something, and it's like a guy riding like a horse with like aliens watching him or something. Uh, it's a mule. Dan. I don't know. It's, it's wild. A mule. The game's called Mule. I'm sorry for always <laughs> being nitpicky about this stuff, but I mean, we are supposed to be judging these games by today's standard, and I, you know, I just want a little bit of story. I feel just like to even know who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. Mm, mm. I feel like. Even by today's standards, you could just give me a brand new 2D Super Metroid game and give me the exact same environmental storytelling and opening and cutscene, and I would be perfectly happy. 
Cause there's something to me, maybe some people, well, okay. Okay. I've never played the prime series. Um, and so I don't know how deep into the lore the prime series gets, but my experience with Metroid is like the Game Boy Advance games and Super Metroid and like a little bit of the original Metroid. So to me, the why I play this franchise has nothing to do with the lore or the story. To me, it's like, oh, the pterodactyl. Oh, his name is Ridley. Like that guy, that character from Metroid. Like that's all he really is to me. There's no like I don't know anything about the space pirates before today. Like I don't know. I don't, I mean, from a pure gameplay experience, this game is pretty great. Um, and I don't feel like the lack of in-game, like in-mission story beating you over the head is really like a bad thing, even by today's standards. I don't know, man. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Usually. I'd be perfectly happy just sitting there and watching the video game tell me the story and I could just hit a button every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're playing the wrong game for that. It sounds like you need to play like a Telltale game. I've never actually played one of those. That doesn't actually sound fun to me. But there have been times when I've just like gone on YouTube and watched all the cutscenes from Halo because I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I, I just want. <laughs> I just want to watch all the cutscenes. I feel like you would like the Telltale games, but they would probably like stress you out and make you uncomfortable because you have to make like hard my... choices. Yeah, I've watched my sister-in-law play them before, and that was fun too. Like just watching somebody play it was fine. <laughs> anyways alright so what else do you have that the game doesn't do well that's it that's it I really only had those three things alright uh, so I got a few more um, okay. for me I feel like the boss fights felt like a chore um, I feel like the mini boss fights are kind of fun but like the big like four bosses that you fight in this game yeah. I mean, the first one was fine. The big lizard, five, reptile five, guy or whatever. Five big bosses. Well, I'm not counting Mother Brain. I'm counting like the four throughout the world. Okay, okay. Because even the Mother Brain fight was fine. Like we got it, what, the third try, I think. That's what it took us or something. Yeah. Um. But like I was fighting Ridley and I was getting so annoyed. <laughs> like, and I just, by the time I finally beat it, it was just like, oh. I don't want I I feel like maybe I just I'm done. I don't I want. originally I originally had the boss fights in the good column because I liked that they were each different and I liked that they each had some like little pattern or trick that you were supposed to figure out and exploit and I thought it was good but then I was like, "Ah, it's not like good, but it's not bad." So I just took it off. I didn't have it anywhere, but I don't see them as bad. I liked that you had to like figure out like against Craid, it took me a second like you don't have to kill him. Your whole thing is to keep knocking him back and so he eventually goes into the lava it's like obviously this is a nintendo game the green dragon should go in the lava why didn't i think about that um so i i just i don't know there was only one of those four bosses actually i didn't fight ridley you did that so one of the three bosses i the phantom guy um like i don't like the if you use the super rocket things or super missiles or whatever against him it gets insanely hard and they don't tell you that it's just like oh yeah if you fight this guy and don't use your super missiles he's super easy to kill but if you use your super missiles you don't have a chance so that's again one of those things where they don't really tell you and you just have to figure it out yourself i found that one to be super tedious too though yeah but it was bad yeah i mean i'm not i don't know i, I feel like 
because of the experience that I was having with this game where I'm like having a great time exploring and getting upgrades and all that stuff. And then I, like I would hit these boss fights and it's like, ugh, really? I got to do this? See, I always got so excited because it was like, oh, I'm going to unlock a, a new area or a new weapon or suit or upgrade or something. So I had a very different experience with the bosses. Yeah, I mean, like, I just felt like it was a chore is kind of all that it was to me. Um, I'm not saying, maybe they're designed well, maybe they're not. But to me, I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um, another point that I have, um, and I was kind of, towards the end of the game, I came back a little bit on this, but I feel like at a certain point, like the missiles and like the power bomb upgrades that you find, they stop being interesting. Oh man. Though. Yeah. Cause there's so many of them and you end up with like 120 plus missiles by the end. But you know what? You ended up needing those. Like if I, if we had been using my save file for that final ba- battle, like I didn't have nearly as many missiles as you and you had to use almost all of them to get into the mother brain area. So I feel like I would have been locked out of that area until I'd gone and found more missiles. So like, it's a good thing that you had them all, but also it's sort of like an artificially good thing because they forced you to have them all. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's why I said I started to come back on it a little bit is because it was like, before I fought Ridley, I was like so sick of finding missile upgrades. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I was like, I never use missiles. This is so annoying. Um, yeah. just because the main weapon is like way more fun to use and like, I don't know. Uh, but then once I fought Ridley, I was like, okay, I guess I'm glad I have a lot of missiles. And then same with mother brain. I was like, yeah, I'm glad I've got all these missiles, but yeah. at a certain point it made me not want to keep exploring the world. Cause it's like, is this really worth exploring? Or they just going to give me a stupid missile upgrade or a stupid power bomb upgrade. Like how many power bombs do you need? Like I had like 30 yeah. by the end of the game, but it's like, you never need more than like a few at a time. Like, yeah, all right. I totally agree. Well, fine. They're really only the missiles and our super missiles or whatever are are for bosses, pretty much, and doors, bosses and doors. Yeah, well, I know that now that I've played this game. I haven't played it in probably five years, but but yeah. Um, the last thing that I have that the game doesn't do well, and this is kind of, um, sort of my own fault, but not really. Uh, I feel like the game doesn't give you a ton of time to enjoy being fully powered up. <laughs> because you're like constantly after you, constantly getting powered up. Like, you never are... No, 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 no. What I mean is, like, after you get the screw attack, like, you get the final... Like, you're headed to Mother Brain. Gotcha. Like, that's what I mean is it's like, once I killed Ridley and got the screw attack and did that whole thing, I felt like I'm like, all right, it's time to go to the final boss fight. And maybe if I was more interested in trying to, like, 100% the game... And like find all the missile upgrades and all that stuff. Like I feel a little bit differently, but I feel like the yeah. screw attack is like such a fun um, ability, and I feel yeah. like you don't you don't get to enjoy it for long enough. It's like, which, <laughs> um, I feel this is so weird. I don't know if I fully feel this way, but I was starting to feel like the game was overstaying its welcome. Like Ooh. I was I was in a hurry to finish it. And so I don't know if that's the game's fault or if that was because, like, these boss fights feel like a chore or I'm, like, I'm sick of finding missile upgrades. But, like, by the time we got through this game, I was, like, I'm really glad to be done with this. <laughs> yes, I'm saying. This This is a this is a five-hour experience hanging out in a 10-hour experience's clothing, you know? 
Right. So it's like you get fully powered up, but I'm like, all right, well, I have all these fun upgrades, but I don't want to really like explore or play this game anymore. And granted, I'm sure there are some people who probably would want to explore every inch of this game. Oh, yeah. But for me personally, with my experience that I have this game and like a map system that doesn't really support you like 100%ing it very easily, especially because like... (sighs) So you're exploring this map and it's like locking you out of certain places and it's turning pink wherever you've been. And so if you need to be in a room, it's already pink. You don't know to go back there if it's just uh, an orange door that you can't get through. Well, kind of yes and kind of no because there'll be like a white line capping it off if it's completely done and there'll be a no white line if there's still more to explore in that direction. But it's not easy to like tell where that is i don't know if that's because we're playing it on modern tvs was it easier to see on a i don't think there's any indication with the lines as to whether or not you can go through or what you have to do there was definitely some areas where there was no white border and so i knew that yeah 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 that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about when you could explore a full room and there was an exit that you couldn't get out oh yes okay gotcha and so it's like you wouldn't necessarily remember or know to go back to that room based on the map. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. There was a couple times where I took screenshots of the map because I'm like, I'm going to need to remember where this is because I know I'm not going to be able to find it when I want to find it. So, yeah, I, it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way and made me really just be like, I really just want to be done with this one. Yeah. I mean, it's a great game for like three quarters of it. <laughs> And then by the end of it, I'm just like, I, all right, I've had enough. Yeah. So. All right. You got anything else? Uh, I think that is about it. All right. All right. So let's talk about burritos. Uh, <laughs> is this going to be our new, there's always a new little twist with this. Now it's, we're going to be judging, is the game worth a Cadoba burrito? <laughs> well, it dawned on to me, uh, when I had some really, really, really good Chipotle the other day, oh, I had I had right. a like this Chipotle burrito bowl that I got was probably like one of oh the my top. Gosh, it was Chipotle and a bowl. Like this yeah. is becoming less and less interesting to me. That makes it even more crazy. Honestly, is I had this burrito bowl and it's probably one of the ten best meals I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and it reminded me. Every... I think, Every single burrito I've ever had is in the top 10. (laughs) Dude, I had, we were in Thailand for over two months and I hadn't eaten very much American food. And we found this little stall in a market that was selling burritos. And I was like, yes, I don't care how much money it is. I'm buying this burrito. And the lady goes and she gets it out of like a mini fridge. And it's like a wrapped in plastic microwave burrito that you'd get from like 7-Eleven and I didn't care and I ate it and it was like one of the greatest things I've ever had and I know now that if I had that burrito it'd be straight trash but in the moment (laughs) it was the best thing I'd ever eaten when so I think it was last episode you were talking about how every Wednesday or whatever you get a burrito yep and it's always in your top three yep and uh when I was eating that Chipotle I was like oh yeah I see what he's talking about I like yep, Chipotle, tomorrow, but man. Like, it was far and away better than Chipotle that I normally get. So, <laughs> so we say all that to say, uh, what would you what would you pay for the experience that you just had? Would you uh, would you rather have 
you know, a, a couple trips to Kidoba, or would you rather play Super Metroid? <laughs> how many burritos is this game worth to you? Okay, I finally understand how to answer this question. I've always struggled so hard because I'm not a collector. I don't like I'm very stingy with my money. My wife and I we like to to save and not spend on on stuff and so I'm not going to buy retro games that, that I don't need. And so I finally understand this. Okay. So like this game was good. It was fun and like I would choose this game over two weeks of going um, to Kadoba, but not three weeks. Like I'm not sacrificing three burritos wow. for this game, but definitely two. And that is big. That's big. So how many dollars is that? That's like fifteen, sixteen dollars. Uh, I usually get a burrito and a side of chips and salsa, so it's right around ten dollars, unless I have enough reward points, and then it knocks down to like eight bucks. <laughs> so that's like twenty bucks. You'd pay twenty dollars yeah. for Super Metroid. It was, I mean, I spent like 10 hours on it and and I had a good time with it. So yeah, I, I mean, that, wow. that's not super hard. If we're talking about real world dollars, I'd be uh, somewhere between 15 and $20. That's incredible. And it just has incredible art. So if we're talking about the cartridge, like I would, this cartridge is just sweet. So, and the, the box art and everything. So yeah, yeah, there's, there's some good art. I actually have it as a wallpaper on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I feel man. I've liked I've liked this game since I was a kid, which is funny yeah. because I've only ever finished it two times, like back to front. But I feel like I've always had this like love for Super Metroid that I don't know why. <laughs> Cuz as I'm like, how can you love a game so much that you've only beaten two times? Does that even make sense? But I don't know if it's just if it's just the genre or like everything that it kind of represents. But there's this I weird yeah, I just have an affection for Super Metroid. I feel like I'm coming 25 to 30 on this one. All right. Um, is this is a good game? This is a great game. Yep. Um, I agree. And I would happily skip a month of Chipotle <laughs> 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 for a copy of Super That's... Metroid. Oh, all right, Jordan. This is a great game. This is a lot of people's favorite game. Uh, what do yeah. you think this one is going for on eBay? Uh, I I feel like it's going to be obscene. I I don't know. I'm thinking like fifty dollars. <laughs> fifty dollars is obscene for a 1994 <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. Fifty dollars is obscene when we've played Snow Brothers, which was like two hundred bucks. <laughs> well, that's beyond obscene. Like that's offensive. That's like straight up offensive. <laughs> Uh, you're a little high, a little high. Okay. This one, this one, uh, price charting says forty two dollars is the oh. what the the U S. Uh, the North American version is trending at, and eBay kind of yeah. reflected like forty two to forty five. Uh, the PAL region, Jordan. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's hear. Uh, it. only forty three dollars. Wow. It's hey, like, way to be reasonable, pal. It's like the same price. Yeah. It's incredible. I don't know if that's ever Crazy. happened in the, the history of this show. <laughs> yeah. Where it hasn't I mean, been at least 30% more. <laughs> that's great. I'm really happy for them. This is a game I, I would be really sad if they had to pay an obscene amount of money for it. Yeah. I'm really glad that this is on the Switch online service. And it's on the Super yes. Nintendo Mini. And it's, yep. on, the, it's on the Wii U. <laughs> yep. Which is good because, you know, lots of us have those. I'm literally sitting in I'm sitting in a closet next to a box that has my Wii U. It comes out a couple times a year. 
so we can play Smash Bros. Well, I was thinking about um, if we want to cover another Metroid, one of the the Game Boy Advance Metroid games. I was like, those are on Wii U. I wonder if Jordan would play them on Wii U. If we <laughs> if we did like the same style like episode where we're, we're playing them our, uh, by ourselves at our house and stuff. Like, well, wonder... you've got like the next like five episodes planned out, and yeah. hopefully, we are not doing this. No, uh, no, no, quarantine no. by that time. No, definitely not. Um, yeah. yeah. So $42, is that worth it or worthless? See, for me, because it's available so many other places and it's available, like you can get the Nintendo online service with this game. You could get two years of that for less than buying this cartridge. I personally have to say worthless for the cartridge. Like play this game. It's a good game. You can get access to it for a lot less than that. And so um, the game itself is not worthless, but buying the cartridge at that price is not a good investment in my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm having a hard time. Cause like, okay, if you couldn't play this game basically every on every Nintendo platform, yeah, like forty two dollars, I would say it's worth it. But I, I agree with you. Like, there's so many other ways to play this game, cheaper ways. This game is this game is not Earthbound. It's not like one of those ones that people are like desperate to have ported because it's so hard to get it on a modern system or whatever. Like, well, even Earthbound isn't this. even like rare anymore. I mean, as far as like the cartridge is still rare and expensive, but like this game it's... isn't mother two or whatever. What's the one that everyone <laughs> always are asking about online. It's like, just shut up. I'll just watch the Nintendo direct and stop asking about mother <laughs> two or whatever. But yeah, they put Earthbound on the the Super Nintendo Mini, which is why I, why I wanted that thing because I don't have Earthbound, and then I think it's been on the eShop and stuff too. So, some, right, at some example. point I'll play so, I'll play Earthbound, but <laughs> it's just Pokemon. It's just Pokemon. Uh, is it? I yeah. I've, I mean, well, no, it's not Pokemon. But I've played the first I don't know twenty percent or something of Earthbound, and it has i mean pokemon ripped so much stuff off of it like it's it's really intriguing as a person who grew up playing pokemon to Mm. go back and play earthbound and be like holy cow like art style um gameplay like some of the quirky stuff about it like pokemon just straight up ripped off earthbound in a a good way i'll have to play it at some point i just don't ever know when i'm gonna get around to it yeah but it's on it's on my it's 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 on my eventually list yeah who's got time for old rpgs uh, we might in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, man. Do you have anything else? No, I feel like you're sort of uh, trying to avoid saying worth it or worthless. I'm going to say worthless. What oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm not trying to avoid it. I just forgot because I, I basically said the same thing. Like, I feel like $42 for a cartridge, like if that's your only option for playing Super Metroid, then it's worth it. But like, if you can play it any other way, probably not worth the $42. Like it's fine to just play it on switch or on your super Nintendo mini or like whatever. Um, you need to experience this game one way or another. You just don't have to pay that much money for it. Especially like the super Nintendo mini, you get like 20 games for like double the price of this game. Yeah. I don't even know what those are going for used at this point, probably less than that, but yeah, the, the, play Super Metroid. Uh, the game is <laughs> worth playing, but worthless at the price that it's going for. 
All right. I think we can both agree on that. Are you ready to move on? I think I think we are ready to move on. I'm I'm a little okay. nervous. I've got a losing streak going here. You've, well, you've shaken you've shaken my confidence, Jordan. Your losing streak will it's kind of sort of end, but also continue. So um, <laughs> this first <laughs> what this first question comes from at William G Brown on Instagram, and this is serious, Dan. So I need you, and it's a uh, it's a yes or no question, and I need your immediate answer. Okay, okay don't well, no time to th- uh, no thinking. Uh, no time to think. I don't know. I'm nervous. <laughs> All right, William G Brown, are you ready? Did you know that Samus is actually a girl? Yes. Okay. See, you kind of hesitated there, so I'm not uh, sure. Well, it was my brain had to go. Is this a real question? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, this is the thing. Uh, we the one of the questions that we got, and the one that I was going to use you accidentally kind of saw part of it. And then in reading the Wikipedia and us talking about it, you got the answer. But I do want to give a shout out to at retro, I don't know if it's at retro bear den or retro beard in. I think it's it's bear den on Twitter. Yeah, he had a bear, I think. Okay, so he asked a question about the, the iconic voiceover at the beginning of the game. And it's significant because it was one of the first times that we heard an English voice track in a Nintendo game. And mm. it says, the last Metroid is in captivity, the galaxy is at peace. And he asked who that was voiced by, and you you already saw it and we talked about it. It was Dan Ausen, who, fun fact, is from Detroit, which is where we're from. Oh. And... He is best known for his role in the translation and localization of many Nintendo video games and played a large role in the translation of the Legend of Zelda series. He's also known for the um, discontinued Ask Dan column on Nintendo's official website, if you're a big fan of the official Nintendo website. But, like I said, he was one of the first English voices used on any Nintendo console. You can hear his voice in this game in the intro, but also in Star Fox, uh, he's the voice that says, good luck, before the mission. Huh. Interesting. Yes. So uh, thank you at Beer Retro Bear Den for sending us that. Sorry that uh, we didn't get to ask the question because sometimes this happens where we plan on asking the questions and, and then it just comes up throughout the course of us playing it or us talking about it. And so um, now here we go. This is our last section. And we always try to keep the, the podcast like PG rated, but this might lean slightly into the PG-13 territory. Ooh. And this is where I was planning on having our, our trivia question here for you, but I you've been making me fa- fact check all these things. Like I normally <laughs> just trust our listeners. I just trust you guys when you send us in questions and then Dan's like fact checking them and saying like, no, that, that didn't actually happen. So I, I've been fact checking. <laughs> it happened once. What are you talking about? Well, I'm just saying. I don't want it to happen again. I don't want to look silly because uh, I take things very seriously. I don't ever want to oh, look silly right. on this podcast. <laughs> so we actually got several several submissions about a popular urban legend about this game. Um, And in my brief research, very quickly, I found out that this particular urban legend isn't true at all. And it it has to do with there's a rumor that in the Japanese version of this game, when Samus dies and her suit explodes, instead of like her having tattered clothing on, she has no clothes on. And, um... Like, this is a rumor that is all over the internet. Like, there are, and it's not even just this game. Like, it goes back to the original Metroid. There was, like, like people, you have to realize this is a first-party Nintendo game. Like, the <laughs> company that doesn't even let blood in their their old retro games. Like, like oh. how could you ever think this was true? So, 
there is like a, a kind of sort of maybe they thought about at one point having it in there, but they knew that the American censors wouldn't allow it. And I'm like, I call total BS on that because it's, it's <laughs> Nintendo. There's no way. And it's not just like, not even like Nintendo published it. Like this is a first party developed Nintendo game. There's no way there was ever going to be nudity in this game. Dude, that reminds me of like a classic like 90s, like Japan was super mysterious. Like they get everything over there. Like they get yeah. the consoles early. They got it. It was one of those. Like, there's just in the something. Japanese version of yeah. Pokemon. If you have Pokemon Green and you go look under that truck, that's where Mew is. Everyone knows that. Yeah, that sounds like a classic. Like, I don't know. That's funny. So yeah, do you, so I actually had that. Do you, like, what is the difference? Uh, what is the big difference between the Japanese and American version? And then I was like, I should probably fact check this. Was, <laughs> sure enough, but it's everywhere, dude. Like, if you go look, there's like like lots of people that believe that this is a real thing, and then there's absolutely no proof that it is a real thing. That's funny, especially because you could probably in about five seconds, uh, find that on YouTube, like the Japanese version of Super Metroid. No, no, you can't have nudity on YouTube, like, man. So. <laughs> i think there are some loopholes to that rule but <laughs> yeah anyway so unfortunately due to um urban legends and us discussing things throughout the course of playing this game i don't have a trivia question to ask you so um thankfully you knew that samus is is a girl yeah so your your streak ends and you've begun a new streak you know and, what jordan um, still we should send retro bear den uh a sticker yeah, no, I will. I'll I'll reach out to him and because uh, it wasn't his fault. I know. I usually do that when uh, when when somebody sends in a good one, especially if it's one that I thought would stump you. I'll reach out to them and mm-hmm. and actually we've had before, um, like we talked about a, a few episodes. Somebody sent us in the the Super Mario Kart um, Rain Man sent us in the the little tip about shrinking your character. And we weren't able to use that as trivia, but I still sent him a sticker. And then in the next episode, his trivia question stumped you. So, uh, like, he, he got retribution anyway. So maybe maybe next time, Retro Bear Den will yeah. get you with another question. But I'll still send him something. Right, right, right. Next time. <clears throat> next time when we cover Perfect Dark. Oh, we're doing that. We're, we're doing that. We're, we're doing. Get, yeah, so nice. I guess that's a, a good place to, I guess, announce... We don't really need to announce it, but like there's going to be some slight changes to the end of the show now. Um, so you and I often mention that we are like music guys. Um, yes. And so I've been trying to, I've been thinking for a while about like how to approach like a music segment for the podcast Ooh. in a way that is like interesting and like legitimate and like, I don't know, I'm not trying yeah. to get in trouble for any anything dumb um so we're gonna sort of change up the outro i'd like to start telling you guys what we're going to be playing next what you can look forward to in two weeks and uh we're going to close out the podcast with music that we like um yes hopefully video game related music that you guys find interesting or like chiptune stuff um but yeah so it's just um we're I don't know. We love music and I love sharing music with people. And so I'm going to start doing that. So anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> what? Here's Wonderwall. You play <laughs> Wonderwall by Oasis? <laughs> Is that what's about to happen? Yeah, it's it's a chiptune cover of Wonderwall by Oasis. What are Oasis. we actually going to hear? Uh, we are actually going to hear uh, a song called Ocarina of Time. With an, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> 
we're going to hear a lo-fi version of Ocarina of Time by a guy named Mikkel. He's a German producer. Uh, and this is off an album that I like a whole lot called Zelda and Chill. Yes. Um, uh, this is one of my wife's favorite albums to work to. We actually have an entire playlist of like lo-fi Nintendo stuff, but this yeah. this guy is so good. Dude, it, I love it. it this it, is a, a great one to kick off the, the yeah. new feature with. I feel like since I discovered this album, I've probably listened to it 50 times. Like, it's so good. It's just so yes. good. Um, so that is what is going to be closing out the podcast today. Um, but before we do that, um, follow us on social media at WIOW podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Jordan runs that. He's always posting cool like retro ads and videos and stuff like that it's not just podcast related but it's a great way to keep up with the show and to find some interesting content and uh, we also have an email address if you want to communicate with us that way worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com um and you can feel free to just drop us a line or whatever submit just say questions or just tell us how wrong we are send us an email We're so lonely. Do, Please email us. Does anybody does anybody use email? Is, is anybody out there? Is anybody <laughs> listening? <laughs> Anyways, uh, that is all that I have. My friend, do you have anything else? I think that is going to be it for this time, but uh, we will see you guys next time. I'm so excited to experience Perfect Dark with Dan. I don't know if I'm excited, but we'll do it. We'll, we'll get it done. <laughs> All right, we will see you guys in two weeks. Yep, see ya. Bye.